0: The body of a person is not detached from their head as far as identity is concerned. For example, if I showed you a picture of the torso of a man without the head and I ask you, what's the name of this man? Well, maybe, sure, if you know some other features, you can tell by what clothes he's wearing, by certain features of the torso of the man, but you cannot definitely be sure of the true identity of the man that is exactly the relationship between christ and the church when you look at the church without the head which is christ you are going to have a demented view of the church you cannot see the church for what it is because both the body which is the torso and the head of every single individual make up who they are and in fact the head is even much more important. I can show you a headshot of a man without seeing the torso of the man and you will be able to recognize the person by name or by any other means, what job they do, everything. So the head really is the most significant part, which is exactly the relationship between Christ and the church. Christ the head is what defines the church. Christ is the identity of the church. So when the head is taken out, the church could be anything and everything else, the church could be taking the form of other identities. The church could be identified as a whole lot of things which are not Christ, which are not representative of the true identity of the person of Christ. So the church could be viewed as a place where people make money. The church could be viewed as a money-making machine. The church could be viewed as oppressive. The church could be viewed as Rebellious, the church could be viewed as a whole lot of things. But the true church, or what makes the true church, is Christ Himself. The identity of Christ is what makes the church. So the church is defined only and only by the person of Christ. Without Him, there is no church. It's something else. It becomes something else. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how well you've read the Bible. It doesn't matter how good a preacher you are when you lose hold of this truth you become something else your message becomes something else when a church loses focus and by the way when i say the church i mean both the individual church and the corporate church so when you as an individual when you as a person lose hold of the identity of christ and you don't function as the head thinks you become something else that is not christ It's just not christ And so the author of Hebrews says, look unto Jesus. To run the race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher or perfecter of our faith. The body of Christ is also called Christ. Because my body is not different from my head as far as my identity is concerned. When you see the body of Thomas, it is Thomas. When you see the head of Thomas, it's also Thomas. When you see the hand of Thomas, it's Thomas. My, my whole being is what is called Thomas. And there is a reason why the church is called the body of Christ. Because Christ is the head and the body of Christ is also called Christ. So the Bible says that we are accepted in the beloved. Now those who are accepted in Christ are also acceptable as Christ because the body is not called another name, separate from the head. If the head is Christ, so is the body. And just as the head Christ overcame, so the body of Christ must also overcome. So Christ defeated the enemy, so the church must defeat the enemy. The church must live out the victory of the head because the victory of the body is construed in the victory of the head. You've heard it from motivational speakers and business people, but everything starts in your mind, with your mind. If you can win it in your head, the victory is yours. If you can start anything in your head, in your mind, you can do it. You've heard it over and over and over and over again. So Christ overcame, the head overcame. So must the body overcome. So the visible Christ overcame, and the body of Christ, the victory of the body of Christ is construed in the victory of the head. The head will not overcome on its own, and then later on the body will also try its best to overcome. No, because it's one man, one body. And I'll give you an example of this. Do you notice that during athletics competition, like during the World Olympics, sometimes some athletes... Win the race by stretching a part of their body, usually the head. As they get to the finish line, they stretch their bodies and their head sort of crosses the line first and they win. Their whole body doesn't have to cross the line. Once their head crosses the line, they are victorious. They are, they are, they are, they are the winner. They've won it. They've won the race. And once their head crosses the line, The body together with the head have the victory of of the race. That is exactly what Christ has done for us. That is exactly what salvation is. That is exactly what righteousness, redemption, godliness is all about. So that when God says that you are my righteousness, it is true because the head overcame. And so the body automatically also overcame. You would usually hear it said that, when God looks at us, he, he looks at Christ because he is the head. He, so he looks at Christ and then Christ was tempted in all manner of ways, yet he was sinless. So he is righteous before God. So is the body of Christ. So Christ took upon himself all the saints of humanity. This is the basic doctrine of Christian, Christian salvation or salvation through grace. It's not that. Christ has done it. And now we have to also go and fight. No, we have to live out. So Paul says, work out your salvation. The head has overcome. Now you work it out, the body. Do it, do it, work it out. You are righteous. So now live righteously. That is the full gospel. So that is not by performance. It's not by doing, but it's by grace. It's by understanding that I am the body of Christ and he is the head. And if the head has overcome, then I am an overcomer. And just, and just conforming to that eternal decree, just reckoning all the truth of the head to yourself, and then you become. See, it's a becoming, it's not a doing. So in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, from verse 11, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and he says, We have spoken to you openly, and our heart is wide open. And he says, you are not rejected by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. And then he says, I speak to you as children. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So, the believer is called light, because Christ is light. So, the body of Christ is also light. The believer is called Christ. Paul says, what of what and what accord has Christ with Belial? So, the believer is the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is Christ. We are members of his body. So what are called as Christ with Belial? Belial is worthlessness. What, what part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? So the believer is called the temple of God. God indwells you. You are part of his, of his body. So he who is joined together with the Lord is one spirit with him. You are one with Christ. You are not outside of Christ. It is not that you just believe in Christ and you you still have your life. No, when you're a believer, you have no life but the life of Christ. You, 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 You have died. You are dead to sin because there is no darkness in Christ and you have become the body of Christ. You cannot outlive the glories of God without understanding this truth. You can't bypass the truth that I am truly the body of Christ and he is my head. You cannot do it on your own. You can try it in any other way. It won't work. Because that would mean that Christ is somewhere and I'm trying to please him. No, it is you joined together with Christ. He is the head. You are the body. He thinks you act. He says, this is my will. You do. You conform to him. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and 21, Paul says that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain, but he did not die in vain. The believer has no life on his own, but the life of Christ. And we have to know this truth. We have to learn it. We have to tell it to ourselves. We have to believe it. We have to live it. We have to clothe ourselves with Christ because we are not. There is no self in the life of the believer. You are dead. Your life is the life of Christ because you are his body. So, what What then is the church? What is, what is the church? And by the church here, I mean the both the corporate church, the church as a group of people and the church as a person, you and me. The church is the ecclesia, the ecclesia, meaning the called out ones or the assembly. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, to ten, the Bible says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So the churches and assemblies is the called out ones, is the consecrated ones. The church is also the household of faith. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19, the Bible says that, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So the church is the household of faith. So number one, the church is the ecclesia, the called out one. So you, a Christian, you are a called out one. You are are separated, you are consecrated. There's a difference between light and darkness. So, You are separated from everything and everyone else because the body of Thomas is different from any other body. No other body is as the same as the body of Thomas. And so if the church is the body of Christ, then the church is separated or consecrated from from all other bodies. It's unique to its head. Everybody is unique to one particular head. So Jesus said that you cannot serve Two masters are going to be loyal to one and despise the other. So you can't serve both God and Mormon. And the household of faith deals with a familiar spirit, some kind of kindred spirit. It's, it's an enjoyment of life. It's, it's an intimate life. So the church is the household of God. You go into a house and you see mother, father, son, siblings, aunts, uncles. So it's, it's a kindred household where we relate with each other on that basis so we we become the members of the body of christ you are a member i am a member you could be playing the role of the hand i could be the leg whatever the body is whatever the part of the body is so we are members of the body of christ so we are a household of faith and what what makes the household a kindred type or kind is because we have one head so we, we, have, we have the same spirit. We have the same spirit, the, f- the same faith. We have the same belief because we have the same mind. So Paul said, let this mind also be in you. Like, be of one mind. Be of one accord because there is only one Christ. Christ is not segmented. So when Paul was talking to the Corinthians, he said, there is, there is no division between Christ. So that one says that I'm of Paul and the other says I'm of Apollos, who is Paul, who is Apollos. Are they not all ministers of Christ? So Christ is the all in all. The church is also a kingdom. The church is representative of the kingdom of God. And in a kingdom, you have rights and responsibilities. So the church as a kingdom deals with the rights and the responsibilities of the church. So the church speaks of our rights. And the kingdom speaks of our responsibilities. Being in a household being the members of the body of Christ comes with certain privileges, certain enjoyment of life. But at the same time, the church as a kingdom also deals with our responsibilities as members of the household, as members of the body. The hand picks something, the legs walk somewhere, the stomach. And so no part is expected to be idle. There is so much activity going on in the household of God, in the kingdom of God. And every part of the kingdom, that's something. And so Paul says, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So the church is a temple of God. You are a temple. We are also a temple. And it's symbolic of the kingdom of God where we enjoy rites and We also have certain responsibilities as members of the household of God. And the church is also the new man. In Colossians chapter 3 verses 10 and 11, Paul says that, Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So the whole body, the new man, is the head plus the body. The, the head is Christ. The body is also Christ because there is, we have put off the old man. and The new life, the new man, which is of the order of Christ, is one. where well, we are united together with Christ. So the church is the new man. So the church is something special. The church is not earthy and earthly. The church is spiritual the church is of another kind of life the life of christ so we don't represent the old self anymore when we go to church or when we look upon ourselves as the body of christ it's christ it's christ i am of christ so the church is the ecclesia or the called out ones or the assembly and the church is also the house of faith the church is the kingdom and the church is the temple of god and the church is the new man. Thank you for tuning in to Glory Field. If this message edified you, please make a personal commitment to act on it. Prioritize building a deeper fellowship with the Holy Spirit and never neglect prayer. He's ever willing to indwell you and make you more like Christ. We encourage you to find a community of believers who also desire to be like Christ. God's faithful. He'll order your steps in righteousness. We love you, and we agree in prayer with you to be obedient to Christ Jesus.